The views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of Coal Investment Group and its staff. Coal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call 262-522-4040. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. And welcome to the Retirement Clinic with the Kowal Investment Group live on Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock. We are joined in studio by John White and Aaron Spitzner. You hear them doing the market reports Monday through Friday. And then, of course, we get them on the weekends as well. Jeff taking the week off here? Do we know? I'm sure he's listening. You, you don't ask. Yeah, I'm sure he's listening. We're not going to ask the big man if he's right. taking the day off. When Jeff Kowal well wants off. He's been on a lot lately, hasn't he? He has been, yeah, to his credit, exactly. Yeah. Well, good to see you. John, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. Uh, Aaron, good, good morning. Good morning. Great to be here. Aaron, I, I got to give you kudos. Uh, I know that you and your wife are into gardening and farming. and He brought me asparagus, fresh asparagus today. Yeah, like I said, I, I better see some pictures with that on the grill tonight. Oh. As fresh as it gets right there. Oh, that's right out of the ground, right? <laughs> oh, man, it looks good. It's huge, too, so well done, my man. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It's that time of the year, I guess, right? Yeah, there's plenty of it with all that uh, rain and all the heat. And then the warm weather. Yeah. So what do we do in the retirement clinic? Here's the plan. First off, because we're live, if you've got retirement questions, the Coal Investment Group is here to help. Any question, welcome by using that Accunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Give us a call. Lines are open, 414-799-1130. We'd love to talk to you. You can, of course, join in the conversation anytime between now and 11 o'clock. Run every Saturday, and I mentioned the market updates. Aaron, you do, uh, along with John and uh, Marie, Joe Still. God, I'm going to miss somebody here. Jeff Kowal, Aaron Kowal, market updates twice a day on WISN, 3 and 5 o'clock news blocks. Boy, it's been some wacky days, huh? I'm mostly down. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's been a wild week, um, especially this week. You know, we had some big market movements, uh, but despite all that, we had a good rally on Friday, yeah. which was a gave, I think, all investors a little bit of a relief. I know a lot of uh, listeners out there are probably checking their account maybe more frequently than they've had in the past, looking at the balance, kind of seeing the daily movements uh, from a dollar perspective. And, and it hasn't been pretty, but uh, maybe this morning, if, if you're logging in and taking a look at things, uh, you may have seen a, a big rally or a, bit, a little bit of a relief rally yesterday in the markets. I know the NASDAQ was up a little over you know, 3%. Um, and, and overall, we've closed the week out down about 2% for the NASDAQ, Dow, and S&P. So uh, we lost a little bit there, uh, but it was good to have that rally near the end of the week. There was also some other kind of weird things that affected the markets. I know for those that follow crypto, uh, there was some uh, some headlines about the stable coin, right? And that kind of shook the crypto universe. Uh, we had an inflation number that hit this week that was a little bit higher than what we wanted to see. Uh, so that rattled the markets as well. So Elon Musk got jittery with his purchase of Twitter. Yeah, there there seems to be some, and I don't know how much of that. Right, the news likes to run with those stories and, and yeah, get what, everybody. What's Elon really yeah. thinking? Yeah, they try to like you know frame it in a way of oh this deal isn't going to go through and he can't get it done. But I think they're just looking into some more details about Twitter and how many fake accounts are out there, things like that. So what? you saw that share price go down ten percent. Yeah, yesterday that did, on that, that news. did drop on that news. But, I I would like to just get Elon's. 
you know, own quotes, not filtered through the media. Yeah. I, well, that's why he likes Twitter, right? Direct communication. That's you can tell the whole us exactly point. what's going on. So that's right. But we try to give you an idea of what's going on in the markets, how it's affecting your retirement account, and um, and really also. There's a lot of good things going out going on out there as well. I think right now the market, you know, it's it's a good time to to be reminded that the market and the economy are two different things, right? That you know, the market is trying to figure out where the economy is going nine months, twelve months from now, and uh, there's certainly a lot of, uh, I, I guess I'd say, back and forth there. There are some people that think the economy is much stronger than it is. There are others that are running for the fences, and and there's going to be some volatility. Uh, over the course, I would imagine it's going to con- continue over the course of the summer here until maybe we get to midterm elections and get a better idea where things are going with inflation. John, what's your take on that? And I think Aaron made a great point. The stock market, we see the, the ticker, we see the down. We look at our phones every day. We know it's it's been down, right? The stock market and the economy are two different entities, and yet they're they're tied together as well. But, you know, there's a lot of things that factor into the economy. Unemployment rate? Right, GDP. Uh, we we talk about the markets. All. Uh, what's your thought on how investors get the jitters? Sometimes panic. Yeah, you know the way I read the markets right now is there's, you know, a lot of uncertainty out there, and you want investors want certainty. Um, there's three things that I think that are affecting the market. One is inflation and the Fed's policy response to that, which is let's raise rates. Uh, the second would be the war in the Ukraine and all the second order effects of that. You know, there's a lot of fertilizer, a lot of wheat that is produced in those countries, oil oil embargoes, that's that's going to hurt stuff. And then the third one is going to be uh, China with their zero COVID policy. Um, there is not many container ships leaving they're on, Chinese ports. They're on lockdown right now. Right. COVID yeah. lockdown yeah. in just, China. Yeah, just a two-month stay in your home, mandatory you know, I had a it's, uh, it's a, tough. Uh, an annual physical yesterday. The doctor mentions, and he kind of went off on a little rant. I think he knew what I did for a living. <laughs> and he's like, there are certain things made in China that we need for medical testing, certain medicines, a lot, as a matter of fact. And we are told to ration. So certain tests cannot be done because they're rationing because of the lockdown in China. It makes sense. It also shows our dependency on those countries. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, there's there's been a lot of U.S. dollars printed over the last 12 years. And those dollars, there's a lot of them out there chasing too few goods. So that's one of the reasons we are seeing inflation. And, you know, the Fed will raise interest rates to combat that. That's in their mandate, keep, keep unemployment low, keep inflation within a range. Um, my thought is, though, that long term, I think rates will actually come back down again. I think there's too much government debt out there, mm. and that will put a lid on everything. So uh, when, when we see inflation, they combat inflation by, by hiking the rate, right? Correct. That's the deal. Mm-hmm. Interesting comment. The last hour of the, the realtor show, all Bob and Craig were talking about where you put your house on the market, you're going to not just get showings, you're going to get offers right away, and you're going to get offers over asking price. That is a crazy, crazy market right now. Yeah. So yeah. there's so many factors in the economy, Aaron. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's why we're seeing such a tug of war in the market, right? Yeah. I mean, we like we heard on their show how how hot the the real estate market still is despite rates going up. But on the other hand, we hear the story about inflation and how it's affecting uh, our purchasing power and our dollar isn't going as far, as far as it used to. No the, baby formula on the yeah. shelves. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of things to be concerned about. But then you have corporate profits that you know that the uh, first quarter numbers are are basically done that being reported from corporate America, and the numbers were pretty strong overall. They beat. Or um, 
or, or met expectations. I think what shook the market a little bit there was a lot of CEOs were coming out and saying, eh, you know, going forward, we're just going to temper our expectations a little bit. That tended to get the market a little bit more uh, razzed or uh, volatile. But I got a couple good good things to cover here today uh, with our you know, as it relates to the you know their retirement accounts, and one of the one of the things is is Social Security and the cost of living adjustment. So we all know every year, you know, your Social Security, you hopefully you get a, a pay increase uh, based on the inflation number. And um, this is this report is more speculative in nature. This is not set in stone yet, um, but. Uh, what it's reporting here is that Social Security recipients could receive a big bump in benefits next year, but it may not be enough to counter the impact of inflation. Um, so uh, based on the latest data, the annual cost of living adjustment for 2023 could be around 8.6%. Again, according to estimates from Mary Johnson, a Social Security policy analyst for the Senior Citizens League. Um uh, and while that would be the biggest cost of living adjustment jump since 1981, uh, Johnson is more concerned about the immediate impact for infl- of inflation on seniors today. High inflation, she said, has caused Social Security benefits to, get this, the high inflation has caused Social Security benefits to lose 40% of their buying power since the year 2000, uh, the deepest loss in buying power since the beginning of the study, uh, which she since the beginning of the study, she has conducted for the, uh, what, what was it, the uh, the Senior Citizens League in 2010. 40%. That's yeah. a lot, Aaron. Yeah, and, and, you know, and that's what she goes on to say is that basically the, the basket of goods that they measure uh, the cost of living adjustment for is different than the goods that most retirees are buying. WISN's Retirement Clinic. I want to sneak in a call that it, he called right at the beginning of the program about his 401k plan. And I'm thinking there's others that might have the same question. David Menominee Falls, you've been hanging on hold since the beginning. Appreciate the call. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Say, I'm getting conflicting answers on converting a 401 to a Roth. Some said I got to wait five years. Some say if I have an existing count, a Roth, it, it, I don't have to wait. I was ho- hoping you could clarify the answer. Um, so it sounds like you have a pre-tax 401k and you have a Roth IRA. If you're still working, then I don't believe that you're going to be able to convert that 401k until no. it moves out of that no, plan. retired. Oh, you are retired. Okay. So, yes, what you would do then at that point in, in terms of moving it is – you should be able to just roll it over to an IRA account without any tax consequence. And once it's in the IRA, that's when you can start to look at conversions if it makes sense for you. Um, so there's a lot of moving parts to that, but that's kind of the the, the kind of top view answer. Um, you might want to consider having some cash on the sidelines to pay for those taxes when you do the conversion rather than doing it from the IRA itself because then you're not really getting the full benefit of the conversion. Yeah, uh, we. I got the cash, but do you have to wait five years? No, no, you do not. Um, so long as you've held Roth for more than five years and you're older than 59 and a half, the earnings on that conversion are tax-free. But if you start dipping into the earnings on that conversion within five years of doing the conversion, you're going to pay taxes on that. So just be, just be aware of that. Any contributions that go into a Roth are tax-free always. So just be mindful that when you do a conversion, um, that 
that you, you're satisfying that five-year clock. So that's what I meant. I have to wait five years to take out out of the Roth with no penalty. Uh, Is that what you're saying? So on earnings, on earnings, and the year older than fifty nine and a half, right? So that's that's pretty much it. Did, uh, yes, I'm, oh, I'm over that. Aaron, did you want to chime in? Uh, no, I I think that's a, a great answer. I, there's there's a lot that um, a lot of moving parts here when it comes to these conversions and money coming out of a plan, but. I would say that to, to, to take a deeper dive in the situation, see how much maybe even you want to convert, uh, to give our office a call and we can run through some scenarios. Sometimes uh, you want to be mindful of how much you're converting um, and also all the repercussions of when you take it out of the Roth, um, if there was a Roth already established, so on and so forth. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, Give Dave, you're Menominee Falls, uh, and you said you're getting conflicting answers from different people. Dave, if you want to reach out the Kowal Investment Group, more than happy to talk to you. 262 262- Five two two forty forty is their phone number. Okay. And, Thank you very uh, much. You bet. Good question. I mean, is it a good idea if you're close? If you're not close to retirement, John, what are your thoughts on looking at a four hundred one k balance in times like this? Right. Everybody's looking at it. You, you can tell people all day, don't look. <laughs> well, let me let me start by saying this. I I think right now though he's got the right idea of converting. Okay. You know the. You look at it this way, you know, there's the market is down, you know, depending on how aggressive your portfolio is, you could be down 10, 15, 20%. Okay. So let's say you converted your money back in November when the market was at all time high, right? Now you have to, and let's say you're in the 12% tax bracket. So you have to make up that 12% in market growth to outpace what you just paid in tax. Now the market is down. 15 to 20 percent. If you're really aggressive in then you know the tech heavy kind of NASDAQ stocks, you could be down 25 percent. So you convert that money, the market's going to recover, the market is going to rebound, and basically that pays back your tax and just market growth. And, and as we've seen on a day like yesterday, the market recovered almost four percent in one day. That's that's a fourth or a third of your your tax bill. Remember March, April, that time in 2020 when COVID hit. I mean, it was the same thing. Everybody yeah. was freaking out, and you know, it'll yeah. never come back. It'll never. It, it tends to bounce back. So so while it is not really exciting, right, to to, to log in and look at your portfolio balance, <laughs> no. there are things there are things that you can be doing right now, like the conversion, to take advantage of this. So when we get out of this mess you're in a lot better situation than where you were before. Well, Aaron's bringing up a good point, John. I mean, there's some people that sit on their hands and say, well, I'm told to sit back and do nothing and just wait till I retire. Uh, But I'm looking at my balance and I'm freaking out because I'm seeing it down 30, 40%. Should you be a little bit more proactive? Should you be talking to your advisor? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of this is emotionally driven. People should not be panicking and selling because then you're going to realize your loss, right? Everything is on paper until you've actually sold it. And then you have realized the loss of the market low. It's actually the exact opposite of what you should be doing. Right, right. So you had it up here high and now it's low and you're selling it? Right. Nobody wants stocks when they're on sale. (laughs) Right. You want to buy on sale. Exactly. And so if you just have a long-term point of view on the markets, the markets reward the patient and they punish the impatient. And it's always been that way. Oh, say that again. That was good. The markets punish the impatient and reward the patient. Mm. Um, remember, you're still getting dividends from stocks. You're still getting interest from bonds. And you're being reinvested at market lows. And people forget that. Right. You're buying um, in low. That's so right. these income streams don't stop. 
Um, yes, it's, it's definitely not fun to go through these events, but in the long run, this is seriously what builds your wealth. And that's the secret sauce right there. Let the income from the portfolio buy more at a discount. John White, words of wisdom. Hey, secret hey, sauce. Hey, here's another one for you, right? It's it's time in the market, not timing the market. But uh, that, so that holds go. true, like too. All, all of these things have held true through all events, right, in American history. Yep, yep. Now, it, there's people that day trade and time the market as a profession. Eh. I mean, what, know, what I've heard this year, for those that are actively trying to trade this market, uh, good luck. It's like being in the, uh, the ring with... Mike Tyson in his prime right there. Uh, it's, no, it's like being in the airplane with Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> Don't bother Mike Tyson when he's on an airplane, <laughs> especially if you're inebriated. Yeah, that, that, that is the stock market right now. <laughs> I mean, now. that guy got what he deserved. He really did. <laughs> yeah. uh, good stuff. Hey, Aaron, I we took that call and I kind of yeah. interrupted you. Did you want to finish that thought? You're on a tangent there. Yeah, the um, you know, in terms of the the cost of living adjustment on Medicare. Um, just to wrap that one up here, the, here we go. The, if we look at, so retirees, so, so just kind of to summarize here, they're looking at an 8.3% cost of living adjustment on social security, which is, which is a great, which is a great jump. But if you look back all the way back to the year 2000, if you had a, if you, for every, $100 of goods or services that retirees bought in the year 2000. Today, they would only be able to buy $60 worth of goods with their Social Security payment. 22 so, years later? So what that's telling us is the cost of living adjustment has not kept, for, for Social Security, has not kept up basically with inflation for, for retirees. Um, and their money isn't going as far. So it's great to see 8.3% jump. But they need a little bit more. They need more. That, yeah. makes, that makes sense. And uh, if you're relying solely on Social Security for retirement, uh, you're going down the wrong road, John. Yeah. And, you know, since 1913, I think I ran that number one time, the average Social Security cost of living adjustment was 3%, which is right in line with what historically inflation has averaged. If you take an inflation uh, rate from, say, the 1970s onwards, and exclude 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, uh, then you're running at a 4% inflation rate. So I'd rather take a longer time period. I mean, that's 100 years plus of data right there. You, on average, you're going to get a 3% increase in your Social Security cost of living adjustment. And I think they take the October print, right, from the CPI. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, I just think it's a matter of even this year. Right? I mean, pe people need that money now. It, right. And they feel it at the pump. They see it at the grocery store. Oh, good. And point. they got to wait another, you know, nine months or you know, a couple more months to get that increase. And and that's going to hurt people this year. Inflation hurts the middle class more than anybody else, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a fixed income and you're filling up gas, you look everything, groceries. Yeah. yeah and and inter interesting and enough here, I I have this other article that talks about unretirement is on the rise in America. Oh, unretirement. Can, can you can we take a break yeah. first? Because yeah. that is well, too good to short. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's just a it's a quick hitter. Basically, talking about people coming back to work. But yeah, it's, some of it's because benefits are better and, and wages are better. But we can yeah we can hit on that after the well, break. Well, yeah, you need health insurance, right? Yeah. And if you're not 65, you, you're going to have to pay for that. There's a lot of people I know that are close to retirement that were thinking about it, Aaron. Yeah, and they're re they're changing their plans. Yeah, because of what's going on. We, now, 
Maybe that'll change, but yeah. that's a great topic on retirement. Yeah. We'll talk about that when we come back. Also, we've got Aaron Cole and the Boss Minute coming up. Who's got the sexy segment today? Who's uh, controlling this? I guess I'll take it. Asparagus man yeah, over there? Yeah, I'll take it. We'll <laughs> talk about asparagus. asparagus yeah. by Aaron Spitzner. <laughs> yeah. You don't, have, you don't have to worry about inflation when you're growing asparagus in your backyard. That's the perfect solution. Have your own vegetable garden. Yeah. and uh, you That's know what we're going to. You know where it's coming from. And uh, boy, last year, tomatoes, you know, you have a couple of those. Yeah, pumpkins, tomatoes, mm. apples. We have a peach tree. And your asparagus. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Is that your wife? That's not you, is it? I, I do some of it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back on WISN. Always give credit to your wife when asked, right? Yeah, that's when, always. That's the way to do it. Aaron Spitzner and John White join us from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. If you have questions off the air, 262 522 4040. If you have questions on the air, call us right now. The Acunet Mortgage Line is open at 414-799-1130 and the website, thekowalway.com. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. When it comes to selling your business, there are many aspects to consider. First, you should determine why you want to sell. It is important your reasons make sense as those reasons may matter to the potential buyer. A few reasons a potential buyer would easily understand are retirement, a partnership that didn't last, or an illness or death. Once you have clarified your reasons for selling, it is time to focus on the steps you need to take before you can sell your business. Some of the common steps include sorting all of your accounting records, hiring a valuation expert, working on an exit strategy, marketing your business, putting your business on the market, examining potential buyers, and hiring an attorney to finalize the contract. Selling your business is a complex process that takes time. You want to be sure that things are done right, so it is important to remain patient through the process. Rushing through essential steps in the sale process could be a costly mistake. There are a few other common mistakes to avoid when selling your business, such as not planning ahead, waiting too long to sell, misrepresenting your business, and trying to sell your business alone. As I mentioned earlier, selling your business is a complex process. Going it alone to save yourself money could actually cost you more in the long run, and a lot of times, a lot more. If you need assistance planning and preparing for the sale of your business, give our office a call at 262 522 4040 or visit us at thekowalway.com. Yeah, that is a good way to visit the Kowal Investment Group. That was Aaron Kowal, business owner, savings and security, the boss minute. Welcome back to Retirement Clinic with John White and Aaron Spitzner. Hey, a real quick text came in and he said, tell the guys to touch I-bonds. And then I mentioned it to you off on the commercial break and Aaron Spitzner, you said, yeah, a lot of people are talking about I-bonds. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's... um. It's a great place to park some money right now. It, it's a it's an area that you're maxed out at ten thousand. Um, this is a more of a self directed type of a um, approach here. You go to treasurydirect.gov, and what you're paid it's not a cute. You don't get like a fixed rate or a fixed coupon on these I bonds, uh, but you get an adjustment depending upon the the inflation. So current rate. I'm pulling it up right now, 9.62% uh, for bonds issued from May to October of 2022. Um, 
Again, you're limited electronically to $10,000. And with these particular uh, um, I-bonds here, the minimum term of ownership one year, interest earning period 30 years or until you cash them out, whichever comes first. If you cash them out early, uh, before five years, you forfeit interest from the previous three months. Mm. But to put that into perspective, you're still doing better than a bank account. Um, right. I mean, even oh. if you give up three months of interest on 9.62%, I still think you're doing a little bit better. But uh, again, this is a self-directed approach. So you're on your own when it comes to it. Um, and you're, you're limited on, on the amount, 10,000 per social security number. So 20,000 for a, you know, a, a married couple. Yeah. Good answer. Uh, we thank you for the text. Okay. We, uh, what did you say before the break? Unretired? Yes. I, I mean, the, the, the headline caught my attention a little bit. Unretirement is on the rise in the U.S. as older workers return, and um, so I thought, I thought, "Wow, like this is interesting. Like people are going back to work because the market's going down, inflation's high." But as uh, like most articles, as you continue to read, you you find that maybe the headline was a little bit more than what the actual article had to say. Um, <laughs> so a, a mixture of plentiful jobs and high inflation is enticing retired U.S. workers back into the labor market in a reversal of pandemic trends. According to recruitment firm Indeed Hiring Lab, um, and this is an article from Financial Advisor magazine here, uh, in March, some 3.2% of workers who'd been retired a year earlier were back in employment. That's, and this is the the kind of, uh, you know, okay, so what kind of a thing. That's in line with pre-pandemic levels, which averaged around 3%. So, you know, during the pandemic, um, most people weren't going back to work, right? They didn't want to go back to work. We had the great resignation. Everybody was retiring. And now we're kind of back in line with the trend at 3.2% of workers who'd been retired a year earlier are now back into work. A variety of reasons from financial need to boredom. And then there's also that kind of, uh, you know, being home with your spouse. You know, we always joke around, uh, you know, my mom will kill my dad once he retires kind of a thing. Like they're going to have to live together under yeah, the same roof. Or, I, I hear that know. a lot. And, you know, there may be some of that. Like, and there's some things, you know, you have to find yourself again because you, you know, you had this job, you had a demanding job that you worked every single day and now you're kind of on your own. So if you don't have a hobby or anything to do, it can be tough for people. Hey, so maybe, maybe they go back maybe, to work. Maybe, Aaron, it would bond the marriage even tighter by being around each other more often. That's a good way to look at it. Yes, too. I'm an optimist. Yes, thank maybe, you. Maybe you'll <laughs> go golfing together, and you'll go see movies, and you'll go to dinner, and you'll spend more time with your spouse. You'll go to the movie together, but you'll see a separate movie from one <laughs> <another>. <laughs> Different theater. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I grab my bourbon and go off to that. See you later in about two and a half hours, honey. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just thought that was interesting. And then the, the last thing here um, that I wanted to touch on was just I've been getting a lot of questions on, on should I be doing anything when it comes to my financial plan, not necessarily should I be doing something differently with my portfolio, but should I be reducing how much I'm taking out of the out of my account in retirement? And the other thing is, should I begin Social Security benefits? Oh, yeah, um, that's a big one. You know, especially now. So my general answer is, is, number one, always evaluate how much of your portfolio is in cash, not just your portfolio, maybe also your savings. If you have enough to get you through the next you know, couple of months, then continue as is. And don't do anything uh, until you have to sell. Then kind of reevaluate at that point. So maybe you have a couple grand in cash, maybe 4 or 5% of the portfolio is in cash, um, and maybe you have a, a big amount of emergency savings. Start tapping into that before you... Um, 
you know, reduce those withdrawals. So maybe just live it, live everything as normal. We've seen this this story before. The market can recover quickly, uh, so don't panic quite yet. The other thing, maybe reevaluate expenses. I don't know about you, John, but I've I've seen uh, some clients. You know, when we talk about how much they need on a monthly basis, you know, let's say it's five thousand, and they, you know, I find out maybe a year or two later, oh, of that five thousand, we're actually saving a thousand of that in the bank. And I think to myself, well, you should. It, you know, think of your retirement account as that savings account. Don't don't take it out just to put it in the bank. You know, let's first maybe establish that emergency savings. But you know, so if you're doing that, cut back on how much you're taking out. Reconsider taking it out just to put it in the bank, and maybe reduce your rate of withdrawal in that regards. And then the last thing is, you know, consider Social Security. Uh, so maybe you're holding off on Social Security benefits. You know, getting that eight percent increase up every year, and you you know, and things are going well with the market. You're holding off. But now maybe, say you're 64, 65, maybe consider turning that, that income stream on. If you could use it, why not, um, to offset how much you have to take out of the portfolio. Again, we always say the one thing you can pass on to your, to your beneficiaries is your, retire, your nest egg, your portfolio. You can't pass on Social Security benefits. So maybe it's time to also turn on that income stream. So a couple different things you can do. Or you do might there. want to spend all your money and leave nothing to your... Yeah, I mean that's that's the other. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it if you is can, my if, money. If you can time it perfect, then right. that's that, that's the hard part. So, as uh, Jeff Kowal often says, nobody knows when that expiration date is for us. Yeah, we all know we're going to pass someday. Yeah, we don't know when. Yes. We don't. I mean, we could be lived. What was that local lady interviewed in the journal last week? She was 108, 108, and the key to life, she said, was everything in moderation. Yeah. I'm just the opposite. Which, which, it. <laughs> which got me to thinking that word everything. I mean, that covers a lot of stuff. Everything in moderation. Uh, but hey, she's doing something right. I, a lot of it's genetics. A lot of us, we just don't know. Accidents happen, car accidents. Yeah. Uh, bad things happen in life. Life is life. Hey, just to go over social security, guys. When Joe still is on the program, he does pop quizzes on me. And he puts me in the spot. He oh, embarrasses no. me. Oh, so I, no, you guys will know this. I just want to go over the, the rules on Social Security. I'm sure between the two of you, you know. <laughs> when can I start taking, at what age, Social Security benefits? Uh, okay, so if you're widowed 60, if you are uh, a normal filer for Social Security, 62. 62 is the first year. Mm-hmm. Of course, Medicaid, a lot of retirement goes into, we're talking off the air about this, healthcare coverage. Medicaid doesn't start, I'm sorry, uh, Medicare, Medicare, I always get those things up, mm-hmm. doesn't start till I'm 65. That's right. Yep. So if I retire at 59, 60, 61, I got to get my own health insurance. Right. You got to bridge that gap. Um, that could be a, a Maybe you do some COBRA insurance through your former employer, typically for 18 months. 18 months, yeah. And then after that, you could probably get into the Affordable Care Act marketplace and find yourself a plan, uh, depending on your health needs, as to how much that premium would be. And if you keep your adjusted gross income low, you can get quite a bit of subsidies on that as well. So um, there there are definitely a lot of strategies around that. Well, the benefit to staying with your job and not retiring or going back, as Aaron was talking about, is... People don't realize how, how good their benefits are until they leave. Right. right. I mean, boy, my employer my employer was really paying a lot of money uh, to give me those great benefits. We're talking 401k plans, health insurance, dental, vision, all of that. Right. Uh, actually, uh, I think it was 102% of the premium is the max that you can pay on your employer uh, COBRA policy. So 
Um, yeah, but that's quite a bit of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that it, is a lot of money. It is. Okay, we're going to come back on the Retirement Clinic, WISN, John White and Aaron Spitzner, the Kowal Investment Group, the sexy segment, Wealth Management and Preservation. That's what it's all about. And we've got a topic for you when we come back. So the sexy segment done every week on this program. If you want to reach out to the Kowal Investment Group, we should give out all the locations. Spitzner, you're the Racine guy. Right on Highway 20. That's right. Beautiful location. Yes, it is. Right off the freeway yep. in Racine. John White. Do you work out of the world headquarters? I do. I'm at, I'm at HQ. <laughs> <laughs> He's at HQ. Like the CIA. That's in Waukesha, we should mention. That's right. In Ozaki County, you've got a Port Washington office. And of course- And, and there, it'll be about 30 degrees cooler. Yeah. Oh my hour. God. The other day- <laughs> It was unbelievable. My daughter calls me in Port says, it's 55 here. Yeah. And Madison was 90. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's cooler near the lake. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason. It's, well, in spring, is really, it's ultra cooler by the lake because of that water temperature. But man, oh, man. Yeah, we had a, finally a nice week, right? Is that why the asparagus is so big? <laughs> Back to the asparagus topic. <laughs> it's on steroids, yeah, yeah. man. That stuff is huge. It's like a baseball bat. Yeah, and it, it's just crazy. I mean, this stuff, it, it'll be picking more today. So Yeah, it keeps on growing, yep. just like that grass. Get out there. Get some uh, sun. Get some fun in this weekend. Uh, nice weather. Uh, for the most part, little chance of rain, but nice temperatures this weekend. News Talk 1130 WISN. We'll be right back on the Retirement Clinic. The Sexy Segment. We are back. It is the Retirement Clinic with the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists, and hosting the show today, Jeff Kowal, taking a well-deserved Saturday off, Aaron Spitzner and John White. And by way of background, we should mention, Aaron, this is about wealth management and preservation, a different topic every week. Yep. So here today we have the... um is an article from Ed Slot, as we've talked about on the show from time to time. He is the uh, like the IRA retirement guru, uh, and sometimes you can find him late night on PBS. Uh, yeah, doing he's his, like uh, nationally renowned for his yes. retirement newsletter thing. Yeah, right? a lot of good stuff, um, and he does a lot of uh, research when it comes to retirement planning. And um, in, in this article is called "Backdoor Roths Are Back on the Menu." Uh, since the spring of last year, IRA guru Ed Slot has been warning advisors not to counsel investors to create backdoor Roth IRAs, which is a vehicle that allows even high-income investors to skirt IRS income limits to sock away large sums in the attractive tax-free accounts. He was worried that Congress was on the verge of eliminating backdoor Roths. At that time, he was right. Last May, the House Ways and Means Committee unanimously passed Secure 2.0, the Securing a Strong Retirement Act, and the bill seemed headed for an easy bipartisan layup in both the House and Senate. It was clear that lawmakers wanted to put the backdoor Roth and the massive tax benefits the workaround creates on the extinction list. Fast forward to 2022, and the legislation is stalled, waylaid by the Build Back Better plan and looming elections. Uh, so right now, you can do the backdoor Roth, even if Secure 2.0 becomes law. Uh, if they want to ban backdoor Roths, they'll have to do it prospectively as of next January 1st. 
I was biting my tongue when you said the Build Back Better plan, but I. Yeah, I just read it. I I just I, you know I, I was I, gonna I was gonna add some acronym like in there, but I I left right, it right, as we'll, is. We'll just be professional. Yes. Um, and, and just as a reminder for the listeners, the the backdoor workaround allows even high income individuals to make non deductible contributions to a traditional IRA, and then immediately convert that account to a backdoor Roth IRA. So there are some. There are some things to be mindful of when you do that type of a transaction so you don't screw taxes up down the road with commingling uh, certain types of contributions into your uh, Roth account. But it is something that we would be more than happy uh, to help you out with uh, with your retirement plan. Okay, John, you must have some thoughts on this as well. Yeah, you know, um, this kind of segues into uh, the Secure Act 2.0 that I was going to talk about because, you know, um, like Aaron was just saying, it is struggling as a bill, but it does have bipartisan support in the House. And I know that the Senate is going to probably want to make some changes, but I just wanted to go over a few highlights of this besides trying to get rid of the backdoor Roth. I mean, remember this this Secure Act, the acronym, and, and this is a typical bureaucrat name for this, setting every community up for retirement enhancement. I mean, I can't get more dull than that, right? That I, is, oh, yeah. It's terrible. Um, Very that, creative. Wow. How'd they come up with that? Right. Enhancement. Okay. Well, <laughs> so here's some changes that they're thinking about, right? So under the current law, if you're older than 50, you can do a $6,500 catch-up to your 401k. With the Secure Act 2.0, they would increase that amount to $10,000. Um, and uh, that's for people that would be uh, between 62 uh, to 64 years old, and that'd be beginning next year in 2023. Um, and that higher limit would be indexed for inflation. So if inflation keeps going up, I'm assuming that catch-up contribution is going to keep going up as well. Uh, another one is that uh, basically with the Secure Act 2.0, what they're going to allow you to do is, under the current law, catch-up contributions to qualified retirement plans offered by employers can be made with pre-tax or on a Roth basis. The Secure Act would allow the Secure Act 2.0, sorry, would allow all catch-up contributions to the employer-sponsored qualified plan to be subject to Roth tax treatment. So, in other words, it's not going to be pre-tax; it's all going to be Roth. Now, why are they doing that? Because you will have to pay taxes on that. So that's another kind of drive to get more revenue now by the government. In other words, we want more tax dollars. Now, you know, I have a lot of clients concerned. They're going to get rid of Roths. They're going to stop us being able to put into Roths. No way. The government loves Roths because Mm. you're paying your taxes now rather than later. Right, right. They get it now. They get it now. So uh, a few more changes. They would allow matching Roth contributions. So right now your employer match is all pre-tax. There's no Roth matching with the new Secure Act 2.0, they would be treated, you can treat them into and put them into Roth. So that's a big change. That's a huge change. Um, another one is delaying mandatory distribution. So right now we had the original Secure Act passed in December of 2019. That pushed off the required minimum distribution age to 72. Uh, with the new Secure Act, they would push that out to age 73 starting next year and increase it to age 74 starting in 2029 and then pushing off to age 75 in 2032. In other words, people are living longer these days, and the government is saying, okay, here's a, here's a carrot for all the sticks we're giving you. We'll allow you to take your RMD later in life, but the, the stick is you're going to be paying more in taxes in the future at, right now because you know we kind of need that money. Yeah. And, and that'd be nice of you to give us that money. Um, and you will give them that right. money. 
Uh, with 401ks, a lot of part-time workers are not eligible to contribute to 401k plans. The Secure Act 2.0 would expedite and allow uh, long-term part-time workers to be eligible participants. So instead of maybe working three years part-time an employer, they say, hey, after two years of employment, and you're part-time, you're not eligible to go into the 401k. Plan. I mean, that's that's good news, John. Right. That help, you know, that helps people out that just, you know, they're not working a full-time Part-time job. Part-time job, right? yeah. And, and they want to be able to save some There's money a lot of time. people with full-time jobs that, you know, they just don't have the 401k plan at, at their job. Exactly. Um, another one that's interesting is right now, employer 401k plan matching contributions are traditionally based on plan participants' elective deferrals to their 401k. Uh, the IRS is now opening a door to allow um, employers to make 401k matching contributions based on employees' student loan payments. So if you're a young worker with a big student loan and you don't want to put into your 401k because you need to put the money towards a student loan, now the employer is saying, hey, whatever you're putting into your student loan, we will match that into your 401k. So now young people can get a start on saving for retirement and obviously pay down your student loan at the same time. So I don't see that as a bad thing. It's, you know, it, yeah. it's helpful, you know. I mean, you John, gotta, they're paying off their student yeah. loan. This is good. Yes. Instead of me, the taxpayer, paying it off for them. Right, right. And, and, and so, you know, obviously this is still not law. This is, there probably will be some changes, but it does have bipartisan support. Obviously, the bill which back, is unusual these days. It is right to agree on anything. Yeah, the one thing they can agree on is, hey, let's get tax dollars now rather than later. That's, that, they're okay with that. Both sides of the aisle would right. agree with that. Yeah. So, the, with so that. it's called the Secure Act 2.0. Correct. So, if it does get passed, it's probably going to be later this year. So we have to wait and see. It's still early days. There's still going to be some changes. I wonder so, if it'd be before midterms or after if it, there'd be political will, influence there. Yeah, it might get pushed off that far. To, yeah, yeah. In November, in other words. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll take a break. Good, sexy segment, by the way. Both of you guys contributed. Aaron Spitzner, John White from the Kowal Investment Group. We'll be right back. Some final comments. Don't go anywhere. This is WISN's Retirement Clinic. Wrapping up the retirement clinic, and we are out of time. So we're going to thank John White and Aaron Spinster for a great show. Thanks, guys. Hey, my pleasure. It was a great show. It was a lot of fun. I mean, we've we've talked, we covered a lot of different subjects. And if you have questions or concerns about your retirement plan, give us a call. 262-522-4040 or schedule a review at thekowalway.com. There it is, thekowalway.com. Market updates Monday through Friday. Join us next week again for the retirement clinic on WISN Milwaukee.